everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this week's Wind Down Wednesday. Um, you are not mistaken, that is Lee with us today. He's finally come out of his cupboards uh, and decided to join us. And this week I actually do have wine. <laughs> On wa- and it's been, it's been one of those days today in the, the Pet Accountant HQ. Very stressful, so we've turned to alcohol. Um, right, if you are new to the group, because I know we've had uh, a few new members this week. Uh, my name is Vicky and uh, myself and Lee own the Pet Accountant, which is an accountancy firm that helps pet businesses across the UK I'm going to get put that recorded, I feel. Um, and every week we do various lives. Uh, we either have guests or it's just us two uh, talking about tax and finance stuff, uh, hopefully in an easy way for you guys to understand um, because we know that it's a bit iffy going on to HMRC's website because it may as well be in Japanese half the time. So um, this week we have a very lighthearted topic of tax evasion and tax avoidance don't do it the end no um i don't know why we did we come up to this these topics for a reason have we had people try to do it is that why it's yeah i think we're finding some bits and pieces in people's accounts and i think it's uh, uh, we should bring it to people's attentions that there is a, a duty that we have that if we come across it that we've got to report it so we obviously can't tell the clients that we've come across it because we would be tipping off and then failing anti money laundering um, but at the same time, we can tell the clients that what they're doing is wrong and that they must change what they're doing. So by having this session tonight and finding out what the difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance is, then hopefully that will help because one is legal and one will help you save money and <laughs> the other one is highly illegal and will send you to prison. So there's a fine line between the two. <laughs> Which we obviously don't want um, because that would be bad. And, you know, I mean, I know a lot of people just think accountants fill in a form, uh, hashtag fill in a form. Um, and But there's a lots behind the scenes that we have to do. And, and like they said, it's not just as, as simple as, oh, you're doing something illegal. I'll just tell you and then it'll all be fine and dandy. We're not actually allowed uh, which may seem strange, but there you go. Um, you know, the wonderful world of accountancy, you know, we have to do uh, exams on these sort of things. It, you know, it's it's very complex. Um, we have got a few comments. If you just put your questions in the group, what we'll do after we've uh, talked through the difference and what each one is, if you've got any questions, um, then pop them in the comments. Already? If- Yeah, no. If you're doing what we've said not to and you're worried that you're going to go to prison, please, please talk to us. We don't want to scare you to death. Um, I'm not abroad. I wish this is just a lovely background to make myself feel better because I do wish I was on the beach, not sad. Islands where she still did all her money off. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you know, we our companies not even registered in the UK that you know don't pay any tax. Um, but joke. Yeah, (laughs) we are joking. Please don't report us. Um. But yes, so a bit of a light topic today. Um, Bills has put gone of the days where fingers in the ears and sing la la la. Yeah, it, it, you know, some of the stuff you'll get away with, you know, the odd quid, you know, but some stuff is just an absolute no no. And I think a lot of the time it's not, some people don't do it on purpose. 
they're just maybe not as clued up as they should be on some things. And then we have the opposite side of the scale where people do shit on purpose and we're not daft. <laughs> we can tell what you're doing. And, if and then we, we know, then HMRC know. There's, yeah. there's algorithms and formulas and, you know, there's certain things that you can look at and think something's not right. Yeah, Charlotte's just put crime tax evasion holiday. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> if only we didn't have to pay tax, we'd all be rich. Um, but yes, so let's get into it then. The oracle that is Lee, um, my dictionary of accountancy. Um, tell us the tell us the difference and very briefly, then we'll go into them individually right. okay. between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Okay, so tax avoidance is is absolutely legal. And your accountant, if they're, they're good, will help you save tax and money through legitimate means. So tax avoidance is the use of HMRC's allowances and positioning yourself with your taxes in a way that benefits yourself within the spirit of the law. So that could be, for argument's sake, um, knowing that you're just about to reach the higher rate tax band and we're going to start paying some money into a personal pension to help us extend that personal tax band at the lower rate so you receive a big tax relief, basically. So tax planning is is basically tax avoidance um, and that's absolutely legal and your accountant will help you with that. But it does make it sound bad, though. It does. Doing tax avoidance. Yes. I'd be like, you're doing what? It does sound bad, though, doesn't it? Yes. Um, tax evasion, on the other hand, is illegal and there is no two ways about it. And that is where you deliberately misstate things in your accounts, where you add things in that shouldn't be in there, where you don't pay the right amount of taxes and you hide the fact that you're not paying the right amount of taxes. Um, it could be that you don't declare something. Uh, so, so tax evasion is illegal. It comes with a prison sentence and a fine. Um, and if, if, if you are found to be doing it, it is a criminal record. So, and that's, and as accountants, we have to be mindful of the work that we undertake. If you come to us and you say, I've been doing X, Y, and Z, you're protected in the fact that you're coming to us asking us for help to fix what you've done. If we come across what you're doing in the term of our work and you didn't tell us about it, we have a duty to report that to um, what's called a suspicious activity report, which goes off to a specific division uh, um, of, of, of the police and they and HMRC have access to these reports so that they can look into what it is that you've been doing and then they can decide whether or not it's a criminal case and the investigation that they're going to take. And it's not just accountants that have to do that. There is solicitors, there is estate agents, um, you know, there, there will be people within certain businesses where they deal with high risk or high value clients that also have to do that as well. So banks, uh, I think the, the the flagging limit on a bank is five grand. If you if you transfer more than five thousand um, pounds, then it, it it triggers a warning on the bank, and the banks will start to look into where this money's going and where it come from. Um, and if I remember rightly, 
when because I I've, I've done a few bits and pieces in the past at pawnbrokers. We did foreign currency, and there was a certain amount of, of foreign currency that we were allowed to to, to to change for a client. And if they reached a ceiling limit, we would have to do a suspicious activity report just because they reached that limit. Um, so there are lots of things that trigger these reports that have to be sent. But ultimately, it's because of what we find that you're doing within your accounts that we have to report them. And if we don't, we could lose our license. We could be classed as complicit. We could have helped you do it, um, even inadvertently. So we have to be very mindful of what's going on. And I'm actually on the run. That's why you don't yeah. know where I am. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. I haven't seen her in weeks. <laughs> yeah. Check your bank account. Oh, there's nothing in there. <laughs> So could that be then, for example, um, you know, and I don't want to like stereotype, but builders who might come and say, oh, your bathroom is going to be six grand. However, pay me cash and it's four grand. Is that an example? So what we have there is a a, a typical example of uh, potential tax evasion because they're saying if you pay me cash, I don't have to declare it, and therefore I don't have to pay the tax on there. Then we've got um, VAT fraud, because if they were VAT registered, they're not going to be paying that VAT over to HMRC. Um, but then there becomes the issue then of the transaction that you've engaged with with that person. You've knowingly given them, and they've given you a larger discount for cash. So there comes an element where you know yourself that this isn't quite right, um, but because you're going to benefit from it, mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's, you know, the, the the incentive there of the monetary gain. You've become in, involved now in what is a a larger tax evasion scenario. Um, so there's multiple levels with that as well. Like I said, it, it's not just the initial tax you'd have to pay. There's that. Then there's the fiddling of the accounts. Um, mm. So yeah, absolutely. High risk clients are usually clients that deal with an awful lot of cash, and these could be taxi drivers. Mm-hmm. They, you know, dog groomers would fall into that category. Certainly, the ones that work from home that are not on a high street, because what are the what what controls are in place to make sure that you record all of your sales? You know, there will be clients, and you know, we probably have some, and that that don't declare their cash sales, and. It's, it's very difficult because we can't turn around to a client and say, look, I know what you're doing and what you're mm-hmm. doing is wrong. And if you don't change the ways, I'm going to report you. We're not allowed to say that because as part of our anti-money laundering training, uh, it, it's part of the guidance and, and the legislation that we're not allowed to tip off. So I can't tell any member of staff or any client that – we've reported them or we suspect them of doing something. Which is bizarre because if someone was doing it, well, I don't suppose they'd not know they were doing it, but surely it is a bit backwards, isn't it? Because normally you would go, excuse me, Mr. Client, Mrs. Client, we know like you need to stop doing that because that's wrong. But instead we're like, no, you just carry on being illegal and we're just going to snitch on you in the background. (laughs) We could, we could say, look, you know, you must record all of your sales, but we couldn't say we know you're not recording <laughs> all of your sales and we have to report you. Which realistically we wouldn't know anyway. We wouldn't, but there are tests that we can mm. do in the accounts. So 
for argument's sake, we, we you're scaring everyone, Lee. No, we can't. No, <laughs> yeah. no. or, or we're we're going to see a massive drop in clients now. Yeah, tomorrow, no, everyone's going to be like, uh, oh, he knows. Yeah, Vicky, uh, thanks for all your help, but uh, I've decided to go somewhere else. <laughs> so, yeah, so like uh, whenever I start a set of accounts, I always start from the bare bones using the source documents that you give me. We use the bank statements to back those up and to fill in some missing gaps. Now, we know cash payments might not necessarily appear on the bank statement, but if we look at your purchases, the things that you buy to sell, if they jump but your sales drop, we've got to ask the question of why. Mm. And if it's a considerable drop, we compare it to last year and we look at the percentage of how much you spent on your purchases and, and, and what the sales level was. And if your sales grew, we would expect the purchases to, to grow in line with your sales. So... Yes, prices would increase, and maybe you just didn't increase your prices, but we're talking considerable amounts. Yeah. So we would know if there is money missing because of the percentages and the changes that we analyze year on year. So it's the odd pound here and there. Yes, okay, maybe we wouldn't pick up. But if you don't declare your cash sales and we're just left with your card sales that hit your bank account, and we know that your business is within a sector that would take cash, instantly we go, well, where are the cash sales? Mm. Where, where, are the, where are the post office deposits? Where, you know, and then we, we have those conversations with the clients. And, and we're not saying at this stage that we know that you're, that you're not declaring all of your income. The Al Capone of the grooming world. Yeah. What we're <laughs> saying now, We're expecting to see some cash sales hit the bank account, but we haven't seen that happen. Can you tell me where those cash sales are? And a client might say, well, yeah, I pay them into my personal bank account because I don't get charged. So they've gone to my personal bank account. Mm. And that's fine. Give us those records and we'll add those into the accounts. And, you know, nobody's nobody's any of the wiser and everything's hunky-dory. But it's the ones we've got, oh, I, I don't have any cash sales. Not me. Can I just I, say that we... I'm, I'm I'm I don't, yeah, I don't think we've had um, just a uh, peace of mind. I don't think we have anyone that does any of this, by the way, of all of the, no. the, the hundreds of people that we speak to and deal with. Um, we have had people come to us and be like, well, I've got um, a borders and a daycare, a, a daycare and a, a groomers on the same property, but I want to split them because I don't want to pay that. That is a very common one, whether it's grooming yeah. and daycare or training and daycare or a mixture of the two. And we're not just trying to be arseholes by saying, look, unfortunately you can't because we're being tight and, you know, we don't want you to have any money. It's because you're not allowed to do it because a lot of people do it to avoid paying back. That's the key bit there. It's avoid. Avoid. If if you have a, a, a legitimate reason a bit a bit a sound business reason to separate the businesses out and they it's a commercial reason so if there's a if there's a legitimate commercial reason to separate those businesses and they will be separated different staff different premises different names blah blah, blah completely unlinked and no connection between the two then absolutely it is possible if you come to us saying i'm just about to hit the vat limit and I want to go limited because I want another however many months it is to, to not pay that, that is tax evasion. You're asking us to help you commit tax evasion. So 
there are certain things that we can do and certain things we can't do. And and if you hit the VAT threshold and you've and you've hit the VAT threshold, you've got to register for VAT. There's no yeah. two ways about it. And if you're just doing it to avoid VAT, unfortunately, we can't help. We won't help because it's not worth our license. And we've had probably many a conversation uh, with regards to that side of it. You know, we have disengaged with clients that, you know, have been a bit suspicious. <laughs> I remember just... The truth. <laughs> I've been a bit dodgy. Um and, you know, like Lee said, it's not worth a license. And, you know, and, and sometimes you can generally tell that it's due to maybe a lack of knowledge um, or you've been given really shit advice by a prior accountant, which Helen won't mind me saying, you know, she had uh, a bit of a mess on her hand. She wasn't, you know, doing anything illegal, but her accountant basically gave her some shit advice. And then when she came, just we, we had to sort it out. So sometimes, you know we know that it can be from crap advice or just a lack of knowledge. But on, on some occasions, uh, I mean, I had a guy a few years ago that was like, I want to split these companies up to avoid that. And I said, well, you can't do that. Well, I want you to do it. And I was like, but you can't. He was like, yeah, no, but I just want you to do it. And I was like, no. And he just couldn't get his head around. He said, well, I'm paying you. Well, I don't care. Like, I don't, you could pay me 20 grand and I'd still say no. Um, well, 50 maybe <laughs> 100 <laughs> so I'm on holiday in the Maldives um, but yeah it, it, you know there, there was a lot of rules and regulations there's a lot of things that you know will flag up to HMRC that people aren't aware of like the one you said a few months ago and I wasn't even aware if you type stuff into your tax return so if you do any tax return yourself and you do it for your gateway through HMRC and you type the figures in and then you get all the way to the calculation at the end. Don't like what you <laughs> Yeah. And then you go, oh shit, that's a bit much. Let me go back and let me just rejig those figures a little bit. And then you go back again, it actually flags up to HMRC that you do that. And I did not that I've ever done it. But, but that is classic tax evasion. That is, mm. that is it down to the, the T. So, you know, and that's Ooh. that's why they probably do it, so that it flags it there and because then they know that you're doing something that you shouldn't. Yeah. And actually, so I don't know if this is true. Um, Nat, is it NatWest that are stopping or trying to stop cash transact, like ca- taking cash out of your bank account? Have you heard this? No. Now, I could be wrong. It was on TikTok, so my sources <laughs> aren't, you know, <laughs> aren't reliable. But I did speak to someone else. Apparently from September... NatWest are limiting the amount of cash that you can deposit into your account and limit the amount of cash you can withdraw from your own account because they want to lower the, the transactions of cash. Wow. Is that I mean, personal or is that business or is that just... Personal, I think. Wow. I mean, I could be wrong. My source was TikTok, so not very reliable. But um, I don't know, just something to have a look at because that would obviously stop a lot of people paying cash yeah. and then not declaring it because if if they stop it, then you're only going to be able to pay bank transfer. So then there's a record of it and then that stops everyone doing cash in hand. That's that it. No one in this group does, you know. Um, right. I'm just going to go through some comments. Um, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the pharmaceutical companies who made billions in profit over the pandemic have avoided paying tax through the tax havens. I wish we had a tax haven. Um, Tracy has... Tax havens are, again, a way of... This is where the tax avoidance and the tax evasion blurs. 
and and when it's not done right, you, you it, it 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 is illegal. And there was a famous bank called Monseca Fonseca, which was based in Panama. Not Monzo. Not Monzo. <laughs> no, Monseca Fonseca, based in Panama. And it was a couple of years ago that somebody raised the flag. And there is hundreds and hundreds of companies that were using them because they were setting up fake holding companies in different areas to put all these complex transactions through to avoid paying tax. And there are hundreds of businesses that have been caught out and are now being investigated for illegal activities because the advice that they received from this dodgy bank was wrong. And they all thought this was a great way of of not paying any money and it's gone horribly wrong for everybody that that that, that took mm. out those investments. I think there can't be such thing as a tax haven, surely, like it's going to get to you at some point. Yeah. Um, Bill's put, when we don't pay taxes, we starve the country of resources. You do? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what Trace is getting my daily morning foo-foo. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have a different version of a foo-foo, but my daily morning foo-foo coffee drinks are not expenses. I'm not entirely sure what you're getting at there, Tracy. I'm not going to lie. If you could a lab. <laughs> yeah, so morning coffees aren't a, a generally no. allowable expense. <laughs> if they were, we, would, we, we wouldn't have much of a tax bill. Yeah. I mean, if you've got staff and you've got a canteen or like a staff break mm-hmm. area, you can certainly buy teas, coffees. And, and if you've got a, um, you know, a, a, an area for your clients to sit as well, you can, you can buy those and they are allowable expenses. But your trips to Starbucks and Costa, unfortunately, they're, they're yeah. not. Um, Bill's put is not knowing a defence. Nope. I mean, you've nope. got to know. You've got to know. You, yeah. I feel like, oh, hang on, this £10,000. Well, I don't know about that. Um, <clears throat> when the client pulls up in a Bentley. I mean, that's that's always that a giveaway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you only earn six grand a year. How on earth have you got a Ferrari? Yeah, I, Jody won't mind me saying this because she used to work in a bank. Um, she got a Ferrari, <laughs> um, and she used to get people come in all the time and apply for mortgages. And she, they would ask, you know, what, how much money do you make? And a, a lot of the times, there was a certain group of people, and I won't say what type of people they were. Certain professions um, used to say, "Well, that was my declared income," but. We, I've got all this other money that's like not declared, so my income's higher um, because they wanted a mortgage. So, of course, what they just admitted to is tax evasion. So, again, mm-hmm. we had to follow the process and they had to su- submit a suspicious activity report. Um, and NatWest did close down accounts of those type of people that were doing that because they were – you've got to imagine NatWest – Why would you tell them? Would you tell them? <laughs> Well, I, I, on paper, I'm 25 grand a year, but the £100,000 in my mattress is... Um... And that's what they were doing. They were literally saying, but you can see I've got the money. And she's like, that. yeah, but according to your bank and what you've submitted for your taxes, you haven't. So and, and we get that as well. We get people coming to us asking us for, for mortgage applications, or they come to us a few months before saying, I'm applying for a mortgage. I don't want to put these expenses through this time. And... Unfortunately, we can't pick and choose what we put through. You, hmm. you either had the expense or you didn't. If we don't put it through now to artificially increase your profits, we are enabling you to commit fraud. You're defrauding the bank of its money to lend you to buy a house 
when your profit levels are going to rise, you get the mortgage and then your profit levels are going to drop again. And again, these are the type of things that, that as accountants, that as banks, as, as building societies, these are all things that we have to report. So you have to be very mindful of who you go and speak to to ask to commit a crime with yourself. Not your so. accountant. <laughs> sometimes I know, sometimes I'll get people call us up and they're like, but I have this. And I'm like, just stop what you're saying. I know what you're going to say. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, Tracy's put us out a bottle of beer you're drinking. Yes, Tracy, he is drinking beer. Um, it's been a tough day. Um, ages, but I wish I earned enough to be back registered. And um, education is key. Many are only aware of what they're doing is illegal. Exactly, Tracy, and that I think that is part of the problem. Is it's important. Um, but then I think this session isn't is, is not only just about the people that don't know about what they're doing. This is to let people know that do know what they're doing. That we know what you're doing, and it it it's difficult to be able to say to somebody. We understand what you're doing. We know it's wrong, mm. but there's certain things that we can and can't say. So tonight enables us to be able to speak to everybody that's within the group, that your accountants, your solicitors, they are clever people and there are metrics and they are little telltale signs that they are trained to look out for. So if you are doing it, it's up. <laughs> Stop, please. We don't want anyone in this group going to prison. Um, and yeah, we're not. And also, we're not on here to like scare the living shit out of you. And be like, oh my god, I'm. I'm session. Yeah, it, it's it's, and we know that ninety nine point nine percent of the people in this group will not be doing any of these things that we've mentioned. Um, intentionally, anyway. Inten- intentionally, anyway. And, and but, that's the thing. If if you do accidentally do it, or you have accidentally done it. And you come to us and say, look, in last year's accounts, when I did them on my own, I did X, Y, and Z. We can say, well, that's absolutely fine. What we're going to do is we're going to go back in and we're going to correct last year's and we're going to refile them. By refiling them, we're correcting the issue and you've sorted the, the problem out. And that's the end of the matter. If you say, oh, no, 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 that's going to cost me more tax. I don't want to, I don't want to do that then that's at the point of where we say, well, unfortunately, we can't help because we now can't continue that relationship knowing that in the prior year you've done something wrong mm. which is has has surmounted to tax evasion and you're not willing to correct that mistake. So willing to do the right thing and willing to put yourself in the correct tax position, we would be able to help you every day of the week. But not wanting to correct it and wanting us to ignore it puts us into a very difficult position. And also another good one is, you know, we do sales calls quite a bit and we might get, for example, say, well, actually, I started trading in 2020, but um, I didn't register and then sort of COVID happened and then, like, I still didn't register and now we're in 2023 and, like, should I just register from April 2023 well, no, you need to register for when you start trading, which will be back in 2020. And, and I had one recently, and I said, look, at the end of the day, you know, if you choose to register for April 2023, that, that's on you, but I, we can't be your accountant because you've told me now that you started in 2020, so we can't just turn a blind eye and go, okay, we'll let you register in 2023 because then that's a couple of years of tax returns that you're not going to get filed. 
So again, it's stuff like that, which again, people might do innocently and thinking, well, I only made like four grand in, in that year. So it's not really worth doing it. You know, you have to. And, and that's a difference maybe where people might just think, well, actually, I'll just do it in 2023. It will make a difference because yeah. I only earned four grand, which I can see where they're coming from to a point. Um, but just remember that, you know, you can't do that. Um, how does charitable donations work? I support several charities as a business. If I put these through my expenses, will it, will I be taxed on it? Okay, so charitable donations is a little bit of a weird one. And mm. it really depends on whether you're a limited company or a sole trader. And then it also depends whether it's a local charity or a national charity. So in a nutshell, if you're a sole trader and it's a local charity and you will have advertising exposure from it, so i.e., People will know that you've made a donation and you've got your banners up at the at the local event um, and your name is displayed on their marketing material. Then that is an allowable expense for yourself as a sole trader. And that can be put through as advertising and marketing. If you give to charity as an individual uh, and you allow gift aid on there, you can only allow gift aid if you pay tax. So if you've given gift aid, but you didn't make enough that year to pay tax, then you have to contact the charity that you gave the gift aid to, explain that you didn't have enough um, taxable income that year, and they have to retract the gift aid donation that you've made. If you're a higher rate taxpayer and you offer a gift aid donation, the gift aid will actually uh, extend your basic rate tax band so you'll receive additional tax relief on the donation that you've made. If you're a limited company, you can make a charitable donation, but the charitable donations aren't able to reduce your taxable profit to below zero. So they won't cause you to make a loss. It'll just cap off at zero. If you, um, if you didn't make a profit that year and you still made a charitable donation, the charitable donation does nothing. So that's it, that's about as short as I can probably make it without complicating even further. Fabulous. Um, Bill's put would that trigger an inspection, but I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to, Bill. So if you want to um, just re-put that in there uh, as to what, and then we'll answer that. Uh, Chloe, I haven't paid cash into the business account for a year. All our banks close and it's a hassle to get to one or a post office. I have very few clients who pay cash. I keep a record of it all. I pay for a washing machine, et cetera, stuff via cash, but keep records. I also keep records of what cash I take as drawings. My accountants next door said that's fine as long as I keep a record of everything. Is that correct? Or the yeah, wrong advice? that's absolutely fine. The important thing is the paper trail. So as long as you're de- declaring those cash takings as income uh, and you're keeping cash receipts for when you buy for things using cash, um, then that's absolutely fine. Tonight's session is more about those people that take the cash but decide not to declare it or yeah. just forget that they took it. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just, oh, that thousand pounds, where did that go? Um, on a, let's go on to a happier note then for okay. the non illegal side. <laughs> um, now that we've scared everyone to death because we think they're gonna, we're going to snitch on them all. Um, but all our clients are lovely, so I doubt that would happen. Um, yeah, let's go to the positive side. So obviously we mentioned about pensions and stuff. Like what other stuff would come under that? Uh, what is in like in, in ways to for tax planning? Yeah, like to um, reduce like so it's not bad. So, um 
For argument's sake, you so tax planning could encompass a, a wide, wide range. And we're not just talking about sole traders' tax accounts here. We could be talking about capital gains, for argument's sake. Um, it would be disposing of assets in a timely manner to take advantage of your um, annual allowance that you have against capital gains. So your capital gains allowance is different to your personal rate tax bands. So whilst at the moment you have £12,570 of tax-free income that you're allowed to earn before you're taxed, up to last year, you could earn an additional 12300 if you were disposing of, of capital assets. That got halved from April, so it's now 6000 Is it 6000 I think it's £6,000 dead now, actually. Mm. It's, so now you can earn £6,000 before you have to pay any tax on disposal of assets. Next year, that halves again to 3000 But the point is, is that by planning ahead, you can maximise those allowances, if you like. So for argument's sake, I wouldn't say, right, sell everything this year. You know, <laughs> let's sell £6,000 worth this year. Let's sell another £4,000 next year and use those allowances. That's that's all about tax evasion. So, uh, sorry, sorry. Tax no, avoidance. Tax avoidance. <laughs> yeah. tax avoidance. This is uh, how we do tax evasion. <laughs> yeah, tax avoidance uh, is, is all about utilising the, the allowances that HMRC provide you. And again, there are different things. There's inheritance tax, there's capital gains, there's um, a stamp duty. There's so, so many taxes that are at play and the rules and regulations for each of them are so complex. Um, and it's one of the reasons why certain accountants will specialise in certain areas. And like there are things that me and Vicky just simply don't take on We'll have a knowledge of them, but that knowledge isn't enough for me to say, yeah, I'm an expert in that and I can give you advice. I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. And Like like today, we had yeah. someone that came to us and asked us to do a stamp duty land tax return. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even know that existed. So, you know, there was some times where we're like, I have no idea, you know, but there might be an accountant out there that specialises in that. There will be, yeah. Yeah. Inheritance tax is such a big one. There will be inheritance tax specialists, um, you know, and it's also known as the death tax. And, you know, there's lifetime allowances that you can use. And it's all about the planning. And, it, and it's horrible to talk about, but but basically there's a seven-year rule so that mm-hmm. if, if you are given something and that person lives for seven years and a day, then it's exempt from inheritance tax. If they die within that time frame, it gets pulled back in and it's subject to inheritance tax and, and you know, and their estate. So it is about planning and, and you, you know, you, you see a lot of people saying, well, we move these things into trusts and, and like uh, we, we won't gift the kids the properties. So there's a lot of that sort of thing that goes on. And that is all about trying to pay as less tax as possible, which is perfectly legal. Yeah. I had that mayor and my dad died from they were like, so I said, he's given you any money and he's done this, he's done that. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Um, Bill put, if you resubmit um, accounts or do amendments, would that trigger an inspection? Yes and no, because you've got to, there, there is a window where we can refile accounts and, and submit corrected accounts and we can do it quite easily. Yeah. 
that window closes and then we have to do things paper-based, which takes a lot longer and might raise a few suspicions. But if we're trying to correct something, HMRC aren't really that interested in things that we are trying to correct, certainly if they're getting more tax from it. Now, HMRC's fines are generally built around the the, the amount of tax that they would have received or that they've missed out on. And if you're going back to them saying, well, actually, I owe you a little bit more money, then there's no fines to pay. And, 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 and adversely, if you go back and say, well, actually, I've paid too much tax, but this is the reason why. And we and me and Vicky have mm-hmm. saved clients money where they've done things themselves and got it wrong. You know, there is the risk that you could get. Um, it's not quite an investigation. It's a... A review and then on that review they might then decide to investigate so we've had a couple of reviews ourselves certainly around cis which is the construction industry scheme um we've had one on vat registration as long as you do things right and you document everything they're plain sailing and you get through the other end of them and you think you know what that wasn't that bad so it's it's, it's all about making sure that everything is above board if you've done something wrong and you're hiding it and you do have an investigation, the advice you is get yourself an accountant and make sure that you are honest and upfront and helpful with HMRC. Mm. The more you delay, the more you avoid the questions, the more you blur the lines, the bigger the penalty. I mean, I had a client, um, again, that scenario where she actually started in 2020, and I did 1920s, 2021, 21-22s uh, tax returns, and they didn't fine her. They just said, look, you know, please get all these done by three months of the date of this letter, and all is fine. So, again, I think people may worry that um, they're going to get this massive fine and HMRC are going to start all these things. Well, actually, no, all they said was, thanks very much for letting us know. Please get your accountant to do these three years before this date, and we'll you know, that's fine. Pay whatever tax you will and happy days. So they're not always, um, you know, bad and mean HMRC. No, they're not. No. Um, it really does depend who you get on the other end of the telephone as well. At HMRC. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's absolute <laughs> morons um, and you might as well talk to a pillow. Yeah. Um, but the majority of the time, um, they're quite handy. And obviously, Lauren, who works for us, who some of our clients will have spoken to if you do bookkeeping, she actually used to work with HMRC um, and she can decipher all the manuals and things that they have, which are just ridiculously massive but so she's a handy asset if anyone has any issues with HMRC she's a gal um because she used to work there and her husband still works there so does yeah and we've um, that as well a couple of times <laughs> yeah Lauren can you just ring your husband please we don't have an hour's wait on the telephone and ask him this question um Lenka has put um this is too deep no clue what all this means I'll just do the basics Lenka as long as you're honest and you record everything you're absolutely fine that's basically what we're saying is try not to be dodgy uh don't hide your cash you know if you take cash payments make sure you record them you don't necessarily have to put them in the bank but you need to record it somehow so again if don't put the expense through twice Yes, don't use out-of-pocket expenses and the bank, otherwise you'll get told <laughs> off from me. If you use some free agents, the cardinal sin, don't mess with the bank feed and don't, don't use out-of-pocket expenses if it's already going through the bank account, otherwise I will end up an alcoholic. <laughs> um, 
Natalia um, has put, are we taking on new customers? Yes, we are until the end of August. Uh, yeah. And then we will be closing our books again, um, potentially for the rest of the year. We may well open them in January. We're not too sure yet. We're just going to play it by ear. So, yes, we are Natalia. So if you want us to drop um, Tegan an email, uh, it's admin at thomasandclark.co.uk. Um, and she will send you a link to our diaries. Um, Jacqueline, when is this year's tax return due? I got the usual note. I usually get a notification, but not received one. So Jacqueline, it's due the 31st of January. Um, obviously, I would never advocate leaving it that long because if you do have a tax bill, you're not going to leave yourself much time to pay it. Um, so I'd get it done sooner rather than later. Um are you aware of HMRC business test? I've not heard of that. I've not heard of that either. And tell me, so the answer would be no. <laughs> Whatever that is, you can elaborate. Um, local authorities issuing licences for home borders seem to be misinterpreting the business test. Well, don't know what that is. We'll look into it, Natalia, because now you've peaked. Look, he's on Google. He's on Google. If anything Lee doesn't know, he has to find out the answer. So he's probably spent half the day looking at stamp duty land tax returns for no reason because <laughs> we don't know how to do them anyway. Um, but yes, this is the unfortunate uh, downside of working with Lee is he'll spend half his weekend because I'm not going to work. Nothing's Googled. On Google, but are you on about the badges of trade? Who knows? Which is, which is, is similar to a business test. There's... There's seven badges of trade that um, you would uh, nine badges of trade. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it is the badges of trade. So the the, the badges of trade uh, for all those of w- are watching are basically um, statements that you can decipher whether or not this is a hobby or if this is a business. Um, and it, it 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 goes through by asking those tests it kind of like assesses whether or not you're doing this to make a profit and therefore a business, or if you're doing it for a hobby. The one thing that I can give to that is a stamp collector um, because stamps can be um, quite valuable. um, And you know, you might buy two of the same because you might want to see which one's better at home. And then you sell one, but you sell one for a profit. If you sell one for a profit and you make 2000 pound on it, is this a business where you have to declare that income or is it a hobby where it doesn't enter the realms of taxation? So therefore it's not subject to tax. And you have to look at whether or not you, you conduct regular transactions, whether or not those transactions are uh, in aid to make a profit uh, and whether or not it is on a regular basis. And by answering those questions, it generally gives you the advice or or the guidance of, of, of which way you go down in terms of, it is a hobby and therefore not subject to tax, or this is a business, you need to register for self-assessment, you've earned more than a thousand pounds and therefore you have to pay taxes on your on your dealings. Okay. Um Natalia's put my licensing inspector seems to think those offering home boarding but also offer other services don't need a license. Um, but the license test is whole business trading income, not just other service under that business umbrella. I don't know. Maybe have a chat with us, Natalia, uh, on that, because um, you might end up going down a bit of a rabbit hole, and people are probably going to be like, "What on earth are they talking about?" 
Um, give us a give us a, a shout. Drop us an email, Natalia. Um, I'll just put the email uh, on here now. Um, and then we've got it. Can you speak to us? Um, Bill's put. Can you cover side hustles like eBay income? Um, can you what? Sorry. Can you cover side hustles like eBay? So yeah. side hustles again would fall under the badges of trade side of things. Um, so those nine badges, and I was wrong, it was nine badges, but this is from a long time from memory. So it's um, profit-seeking motive, the number of transactions, the nature of the asset, the existence of similar trading transactions or interest, changes to the assets, i.e. are you improving them? The way the sale was carried out, um, was the asset sold in a way that was typical of trading? Um, the source of the finances, i.e., did you sell other items to buy that item or did you buy them all from a wholesaler in the purpose of to sell them? Um, the interval of time between the purchase and sale, is it a regular thing? You're doing it weekly, monthly? Um, and then you've got the method of acquisition of how you bought them as well. So the side hustle with eBay all depends on what it is. Now, when we come to stamps, stamps is a collectible item. And therefore, you do it because you enjoy looking at your book of stamps. So each to their own. Um, but if you are selling on eBay, you're not selling on eBay because you're collecting these eBay items that you're liking. So therefore, I would say that if, if you are trading on eBay and you are earning more than a £1,000, you need to start registering for self-assessment for it. Very good. So I you collect... Small trade, but it is trade. I collect stamps. No, I don't. Look <laughs> your face. That's why I collect stamps. Uh, I don't, but I do, or I say do, did collect um, banknotes. So I, uh, when I was younger, obsessed with money, ironically. Um, and so I used to collect, I still have them, uh, Commonwealth banknotes. So I've got banknotes, um, like English banknotes, like um, white £5 notes and stuff like that, which are worth quite a bit. So if I sold them as a one-off, that would be fine. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. if I was do if I was buying them to make profit and sell them on, then yeah. that is a difference. Yes. So there you go. If anyone has any Commonwealth banknotes that they'd like to sell to me, <laughs> let me know. Although I say I have a I had quite an extensive portfolio of these. I know we digress and it's probably difficult. But I have all these like English banknotes and my mother. I think, and she'll not be listening. She doesn't even know what I do as a job. Um, was has lost them, so curses. Because I mean, I'm, I'm, there was a lot, and I'm pretty sure she's lost them. So not that I'm bitter about that at all. But years of my childhood collecting banknotes down the drain. Um, right. If I were discovery code book, do I call you advice first? I didn't get a confirmation email. So, Di, um, you will get an email or a text um, the day before um, the uh, appointment. So I know you've got one. Uh, oh, crap. It was today. <laughs> Di, I 
Diane, apologies. It's been a very long day. My bad. I will call you tomorrow. And there we go. And there, oh, no, shit. Yep, that was today. No, Diane, my fault. I should have called you at five o'clock and I got sidetracked with the hellish day we've had today, hence the wine and the beer. Uh, so my apologies. I do call you when it doesn't normally. get lost <laughs> normally. She's laughing. Good. You're laughing. That's fine. Uh, yes, I will call you, Di, tomorrow at five o'clock, if that's fine. If you are um, still available, I'm like, oh, oh, no shit. That is today. Uh, my bad. It's been a long day. Sorry, I was on a call. <laughs> yeah, I was on the live, so I couldn't make it. Uh, but no, technically, I do call you. So I will drop you an email after this. Um, Catherine's put, I did collect stamps. See? Um, and matchboxes when I was a kid. If I sold them now, made money, would I have to declare it? Uh, no. No, so there we go. So you take the piss out of stamp collectors and we have them in the group, Lee. I, I was just saying each to their own. Everybody has their own interests. I collect Lego, so, you know. Well, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, Pokemon cards. I mean, we're digressing here from finance to collectible items. What does everyone collect? Please put it in the comments uh, and keep it, you know, PC. Um, Pokemon cards. Sorry, don't have Commonwealth banknotes, Vicky. Um, yes, they will become very valuable in a cashless society if my mother didn't lose them, Natalia. Um, so maybe I'll send her a bill for thousands of pounds in the future for losing them. Um, I was a kid, had a boring childhood. You collect Lego, lol. Yeah, so Lee's got me into Lego. So now I have spent an obscene amount of money on Lego. Um, I now have two Lego Porsches. Uh, and currently building a Bugatti Chiron because I'm never going to be able to afford one. <laughs> so I will get a Lego version um, unless, you know, me and me, you know, become multimillionaires. Um, you know, I'll get a Bugatti, but unlikely, unfortunately. But there we go. Uh, if anyone's got any nice collectibles. Uh, OK, this is probably the worst one. Um, I used to collect sand. You've got to be careful with that because they'll arrest you for doing that now these days. Collecting sand? Yeah. I mean, Natale, you definitely win win the prize for the most bizarre collectible, sand. <laughs> There's many questions uh, I've got on that. Tom Rollins put PC like your language. Thomas, I've only <laughs> said shit twice and I haven't said the F word, so we're on good terms. I got told off for swearing on a podcast, so I try to limit my final language. I did get told off. Um, I do have a potty mouth. I do apologise. Um, Pims has put just built... Um, Hogwarts. Hogwarts would buy more Lego, but I have no room. Uh, yeah, I know. It, I text Lena, I'm like, should I spend £350 on Lego? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> It's like they said, I'm going to get two puppies, and I got four more, so I went and got a puppy. Uh, and now we both instantly regret it. Because <laughs> now we've got six dogs between us, so it's a bit of a, it's a yeah, it's noisy. Um, when I was travelling around the world, I collected samples of sand in those plastic camera film cases. Yeah, okay, yeah. Interesting. Do you still have said sand? Uh, I'd be interested to know. I shall it's collect some. Ask you to return it to the beach. <laughs> yes, I'll collect some from where I am at the moment and send it to you, Natalia. <laughs> um, 
But yes, Tegan says, can I collect sausage dogs? And the answer was no, you cannot because we already have two. And two, I can assure you, is enough in the sausage dog world. Um, right. I feel like we've exhausted um, tax avoidance and tax evasion now uh, since we're talking about collection of sand and stamps. Um, yeah, I hope um, that has been useful for people. Uh, like I said, it wasn't to scare you. It's just to inform you of what it means, what you should and shouldn't do, which you all probably know anyway. But sometimes it's nice just to hear that and obviously see a different side um to what accountants do because we don't always just sit here and fill in tax returns it would be a very very boring day if we did um unfortunately i say unfortunately we haven't really come across any juicy tax uh evasion scenarios yet um so we will see we'll let you know if we do come across one um, <laughs> no, we <won't>. <laughs> oh no we won't because we're not allowed we'll be like this no we haven't <laughs> um but yes if you've got any questions um then please let us know in the comments before we shoot off, even if it's not related to tax avoidance uh, or tax evasion, um, preferably not about um, collectibles. <laughs> but if you do have any tax-related questions, uh, let us know in the comments because uh, we will be signing off in a couple of minutes. Um, just a couple of things from us. Um, we will be closing our books at the end of August um, just so we can catch up on some things. We do tend to open and close them throughout the year um, just so we can manage the intake and obviously make sure um, that everyone is getting our full attention. Um, you may have seen um, the performance packs that we're now introducing for clients of ours that um, come on board for bookkeeping um, so that you get to understand your figures a bit better. Um, if you're unsure what we're talking about, have a look in the group because we put it on there the other day. Um, so we'll give you an idea every quarter of, of what your business is doing, what your profits are like, etc., which is really, really important. Um, if you're not a bookkeeping client and you do want that, then there will be a small charge um, to send you that. Um, what else is new? Uh, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it, isn't it, at the moment? No, mainly we'll be in America in September um, doing some stuff, um, which we'll tell you whilst we're there. We're going to keep it hush-hush, but we will reveal all at the time. Um, and... What else? I think that's it. So the performance packs, shutting our books in August. So if you do want this, the emails in the comments, um, just drop admin an email uh, and we will send you the link um, to our calendar and we will remember, apologies, die. That's totally my fault. Um, we don't usually forget, um, but it's been one of those days. So I will email you uh, as soon as we get off this live um, and like I said, carry on using the group. Um, those of you who are in the group and you subscribe to our mailing list, you would have got an email tonight about meeting the team. Uh, I appreciate that it's just me and Lee's lovely face that you see every day. Um, a lot of our team are quite shy, don't really want to come on, if I'm honest. Like, no, you can't force me. Um, so instead, I made them take pictures of themselves uh, so we can put it online. That sounds, um, so bad. sounds dodgy. They've got clothes on and everything. It's totally legit. Um, and you'll also um, be getting some videos of them as well. Again, sounds really dodgy if people are just tuning in now. They're all like, you know, professional videos in the group so that you can um, see what goes on behind the scenes and, and who you're speaking to and things like that. Um, they're not all, so, all as crazy as us. Um, <laughs> Vanessa has put, if you're not with Lee and Vicky, I highly recommend my life is so much easier. Oh, thank you very much, Vanessa. Um for that lovely recommendation. So thank you. 
Um, like I say, if you've got any topics you want us to talk about, then just let us know. Um, yes, uh, all these are recorded and put on the podcast, aptly named the Pet Accountant Podcast, uh, which you can download at your leisure and listen to if you're really bored. Um, and there's loads of topics on there, expenses, limit company, sole trader, payroll, you know, the whole shebang. So anything you want us to talk about, let us know. Obviously, within reason, keep it PC. Um, and next week, uh, I don't think we have any guests next week, so it will be me and me. So again, if you've got any topics, let us know. Um, other than that, thank you very much uh, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you need us, just drop us an email uh, or give us a call on the number, which I never remember. Lee? One, two, two, eight, two, six, four, six, five, two. Oh, and there we go. There's one of said puppies. You're going to show before I've... Oh, look. Look at him. Who's this, Lee? <laughs> oh, he's getting lots of kisses. That yeah. is that Cooper? Yeah, it is, yeah. That's Cooper, the lovely boxer. Uh, Lee's got three boxers uh, in total. He's got two puppies. And poor little Cooper's deaf as well, so he gets extra cute. Um, he's come to say hello. Um, but yes, other than that, oh, what's the podcast name, Gina? The Pet Accountant Podcast. We kept it simple. Uh, I shall be back with my holidays next week and um, we'll be back for some more fun installments. Thank you for listening. I'm going to go and email Diane now because I feel awful. Um, and hopefully I'll catch up with her tomorrow. But uh, yeah, again, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good evening. Uh, have a good week. Make lots of money and we will speak to you again next week. Take care. All right. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.